This is Crucial Tech, a podcast about technology that affects all of us in a format that allows you to consume it in the time it takes to go to and from the grocery store. I'm your host, Lou Covey, and I probably know more about it than you do. And if I don't, I know someone who does. But first... Hi, this is Lou Covey uh, with Crucial Tech, and we've got uh, something a little bit different. We're still digging into cybersecurity as we have been for the past few weeks, uh, but we're going to be talking about the issue of cybersecurity insurance today. That's actually a, a big part of business considerations. Insurance companies covering ransomware attacks have found that there's a, there's a market there. But there is some interesting things going on in that market. And one of the things that I seem to find about the insurance companies is that they are actually encouraging people to pay ransom uh, to get their data back rather than go through the process of trying to reclaim their stolen data on their own. Now, the thing is, when a company pays that ransom, they're not really guaranteed to get access to the data because the keys that the ransomware gangs will provide, they aren't good software. They've got lots of holes in them and they may or may not restore your data. But at the same time, it doesn't guarantee that those people will come back, will not come back and steal it again. So insurance companies will sometimes do the negotiation with the ransomware gangs to reduce that payout. Now, right now, insurance is relatively cheap with uh, a small to medium business paying less than, I'll say, $2,000 a year for up to $50,000 in ransomware coverage. But as the ransomware attacks grow, the payouts are becoming more numerous, straining the financial ability of the insurance companies. And as a result, many companies are getting out of the business. Now, that can be a good thing for some other insurance companies that decide to stick in because that means their potential pool of insurers grows. But at the same time, the ransomware people are really are realizing, hey, guess what? The, the insurance companies are going to pay out. They may not pay us as much as we want, but they're going to pay out anyway. But so they're actually increasing their demands. Uh, which is putting more of a financial burden on the insurance companies. So the question is that I want to ask today is, have we reached the tipping point where the insurance is now too costly and essentially useless? And we're bringing in an expert in this area, Maxine Holt, Senior Research Director for Omdia, a research company in the uh, United Kingdom. And she's going to, we're going to talk a bit about where the state of insurance is for cybersecurity. Maxine, thank you for joining us today. Great. Thank you very much for inviting me, Lou. It's great to be here. So uh, have we reached that tipping point? Um, good question. I, I don't think we have yet. I, I think we, we could be getting close to it, but I don't think we have yet because I, I think the organizations, uh, you know, there's still lots of organizations that are not even insuring themselves against ran ransomware. They don't even have a ransomware plan, uh, to be perfectly honest. So, uh, so I do think that we're not quite at that tipping point yet. It's not quite got too expensive to, to, to uh, consider the insurance. Okay. How, how are the insurance companies doing? Are, are they actually losing money on this process? 
Um, in terms of you know exactly how they're doing on it, I think they're they're becoming. Um, cuter if you will they're becoming uh, they're becoming smarter about it uh, so certainly they're wanting to do a lot more due diligence I suppose you could call it uh, when when it comes to uh, deciding whether or not you're going to uh, ensure a particular organization so it's about under, understanding knowing the security posture of the organization so you know do they have good cyber hygiene practices um, you know do they actually have a ransomware plan um, you know for, for dealing with an attack because if you haven't got a plan even in place then that is obviously going to be of concern to the insurance company because then they might not be so keen to insure them if they if the only mitigation strategy uh, for for ransomware is going to be uh, insurance that's not a great place to be from an insurance company's perspective so they are getting smarter about whether you know which organizations they're going to insure okay so it, that brings up another issue in that even if a company gets their data back it's going to uh, it could cost between, uh, from what I've seen, anywhere from thirty thousand to two hundred thousand dollars to actually do the mitigation. Uh, that and that includes not only restoring the data uh, once they get it back, but also putting into putting the plans into operation so it doesn't happen again. Which again adds an, another level of of cost. So, are companies starting to realize? Well, gee whiz, maybe if we just fix the problem in the first place, we wouldn't have to buy the insurance. Oh, that would be so much better, wouldn't it? <laughs> so much better if they fixed the problem in the first place. It's not easy. Um, but I do think that paying a ransom, it's a slippery slope mm -hmm. anyway, uh, because you know th there is no guarantee that the data is going to ret be returned. If it is returned, as you say, it can be very costly to get everything back to normal uh, to where it was in the, in the first place but also I don't think there's any guarantee that the organization won't be hit again you become perhaps known as a, a soft touch if mm -hmm. you will oh we've paid you know that company's paid before hit them again and and it's you know putting um plans in place to pre prevent a ransomware attack it's not easy you need lots of lead defenses you need to you know have a comprehensive approach to to cyber security and and there's certainly not very many organizations got that so i think it you know it is a case of of um you know trying to be prepared and surely being more prepared than the next company down the road is better because even if you don't have comprehensive even if you haven't locked all the doors bolted all the windows um but you've left maybe one open maybe the company down the road has left half a dozen of those doors and windows open. And so much easier from a ransomware attack perspective. So it is, I do think it's really important that we get in place uh, as much as we can in terms, of a, in terms of a plan to be able to deal with ransomware uh, so that you know, it, the, the, the attacker moves on somewhere down the road. And I think one of the things that I would add that uh, we've run a, we are running a poll on dark reading right now um, that asks how prepared organizations are when it comes to ransomware. And there's only a quarter of uh, those survey respondents so far that feel that their organization has a comprehensive plan to be able to deal with a ransomware attack. That's three quarters of organizations that don't. And that's really concerning. And, and that will be, I think, concerning to the, the, the insurance providers as well. I'm going to be interested in seeing that, Paul. Um... 
what's the range on that as far as the type of organizations do they are they really large organizations or do they go to down to even smaller it's a, it's a mix. So it's uh, what we call a snap poll on dark reading. So it's just, on, you know, it's there. You can click your response. Uh, you're only allowed to respond once uh, as the user of dark reading. Uh, so uh, it's, it's a good mix of, of smaller and larger organizations, I would suggest. Okay. So for our listeners at home, dark reading is a competitor to Cyber Protection Magazine. <laughs> so okay. so we, did, we, did, we just want to show that we're open to everybody here. Uh, I, and we, I, I, I read dark reading as well, because that's one of the better magazines out there. Um, but your, your issues about whether or not to, to pay the ransom brings up another interesting thing. And I don't know if it's true in the UK, but in the United States, the State Department and the FBI are warning people that if you pay ransomware to an organization that is located in one of these nation states like North Korea, you may be liable for breaking embargoes yeah. uh, so that you don't really have a choice in that you cannot pay the ransomware without getting into, into legal trouble. Yeah. Uh, is that something that we're seeing around the world happening? Yeah, there's 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 lots of issues of this. So in the UK, it's not actually, as far as I'm aware, I'm no legal expert, but I, as far as I'm aware, it's not illegal in the UK, but the UK government does advise strongly against paying ransomware demands. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, there are, are, are different regulations around the globe as well. But, you know, it comes back to my, my point before, you know, even if you are paying um, a ransom demand, uh, there is no guarantee that the data is going to come back, that you are going to be able to restore it to where it where it was in the first place. And if then, if by paying the ransom as well, you're opening yourself to the potential of a fine for breaching regulations or worse, you know, who knows what else you could be opening yourself up to, then, you know, for me, it's so much better to have, I call it the six Ps, proper preparation and planning prevents poor performance. And it's about <laughs> having, having the plans in place so that you are minimizing your risk of being uh, subject to a ransomware attack. I think that is that's just the, the, the right way to come at it, I think. Uh, and part of those plans might include cyber risk insurance. You know, absolutely. And that's a reasonable mitigation strategy, but it shouldn't be your only mitigation strategy. When you've done your poll, do you find that there are a lot of companies that have done no mitigation, but still have the insurance? Uh, good question. Or, or we, will we insurance have, companies yeah. even even consider them? Uh, so I uh, I can't comment specifically on the 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 response to the uh, the poll that I mentioned earlier, um, but I do think you know that insurers uh, are becoming, as I said earlier, they're becoming smarter. They want to know more about the organisations that they're insuring. They want to know if you do, what your um, ransomware mitigation strategy is, for example, what what are the uh, what are the plans you're putting in place? What are the security controls you're putting in place to prevent a ransomware attack? In addition to you know the, the considering and requiring uh, cyber risk insurance for it, so they're, they're wanting this bigger picture, uh, and and that shows more commitment from the organisation. Obviously, you know the 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 better the organisation's security posture, the the more favourable the premium's going to be anyway. So you know, it, it, for me, it feels like a bit of a no-brainer. Speaking of premiums, do you see them going up dramatically, slightly? 
they're going to, again, you know, I, I'm no kind of a detailed expert on, on insurance premiums, but they're going to, I can say from the trends that we've seen um, throughout 2020 that showing no signs of abating in 2021, ransomware is is massive and it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So correspondingly, the premiums are going to have to go up because the the, the organisations, the insurers have to be able to, to cover the cost of ransomware attacks. They went up 500%, something like that last year. That's massive. It's a massive increase. So, you know, if, if insurers are paying out on those attacks, then naturally they have to uh, charge more as a premium. And it will, it will remove some uh, that as a mitigation strategy from some organizations. Some will just turn around and say, I've got to take the risk. Yeah, actually, uh, I was just reading an article today uh, that the increase in ransomware uh, since uh, be between January and April 2020 uh, rose 630%. It's crazy, isn't it? It's just crazy. I mean, a lot of the ransomware um, attacks around that time were absolutely playing on the, the, the FUD factor around COVID, you know, the fear, uncertainty and doubt and, and, and were managing all of these different routes in as, as people, you know, change their working patterns and, and organisations were you know, having to do so much to be able to deal with the situation that they found themselves in that, that you know, security took a, a second place at best. Um, so I, I do think that that's you know, certainly played a big part and, and played a big part in the numbers overall in 2020. So let's let's find out whether it's the chicken or the egg that comes first. Should a company consider uh, purchasing uh, cyber insurance first? and then let the cyber company tell them what they're doing wrong? Or should they at least start making some mitigation factors and then go out and get the insurance? <laughs> it is a chicken and egg situation. I think it depends. Do you know what? I, I would probably suggest it depends on the security, uh, sorry, on the uh, maturity of the organization. So if you're, uh, and when I say maturity, I mean from a security perspective. Mm -hmm. So if you're a reasonably mature uh, organization, you've got good security controls. You feel like you've got a handle on, uh, on your security posture. Go and buy the insurance um, and then, you know, kind of uh, look for further ways of, of uh, mitigating ransomware attacks. However, if you are, you know, you you think that oh, I've got an antivirus solution and something else, so I'm, I, you know, probably not quite covered enough for um, uh, from a security perspective. Then you need to look at what you have uh, and and start to build a, a plan to improve your security posture, and then think about the insurance because otherwise you know you you know as I said that the insurers are getting smarter they're getting cuter about it so they are looking into the posture of of, of organizations it's very easy to run uh, a piece of software to see how um how secure a, a particular organization might be there's all sorts of software out there that insurers will use to to get a kind of a feel if you will for, for how secure an organization is so if you're going to get a really poor score for example on on that then you know you need to actually build your score build your capability up in in security before you're going out to ask for insurance because if you don't do that it's going to be cost prohibitive i feel are insurance companies doing anything like penetration testing for potential clients? 
Um, they offer all sorts of services, uh, insurance companies. Uh, yes, yeah, so um, I'm sure that would go down into the detail of pen testing, uh, but it, they, they offer services where they would look at the security posture of the organization and say, well, actually, we, uh, we can't. Uh, insure you at the minute but if you did this this and this then we can and that would help them with that you're obviously on a paid for basis um so yeah i the 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 doing you know that is another avenue of, of revenue for, for the insurers to be able to help their their clients ah well there's, there's always a way to make a buck right <laughs> absolutely absolutely um, actually and, that would be that, that's kind of a valuable service that you just go ahead and sign up and then they come back and said okay, these are the areas you're weak in. Mm. And then you can go back and fix those areas and maybe never even have to uh, spend any money. <laughs> Potentially. And I'm sure like most organizations, they'll have factored that into uh, in, into their plans. So yeah, I, that's certainly some uh, an option for some organizations. Okay, Maxine, this has been great. Uh, nice and concise and filled with information. I appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. Not at all. Thank you very much for having me, Lou. Thank you. That's it for Crucial Tech this week. Uh, I hope you've learned a lot. I know I have. Thanks to Maxine Holt for that wealth of information. And if you have concerns, comments, questions, you can write to me at footwashermedia.com contact or go to the anchor.fm slash crucial tech page and click on the audio button. You can leave me a one minute audio question or concern. Uh, we might even make you a star. Uh, we will have a larger article on this at uh, cyberprotectionmagazine.com. That's cyberprotection-magazine.com. And if uh, you're interested in supporting our work, uh, we are looking for sponsors. This has been Lou Covey with Crucial Tech, a Footwasher Media production.